Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Abby. I'm Issa. Today we're talking to Kendall Zopa, right? Zopa, Zopa Zappa. We have a conversation about how to pronounce her last name. I know. There I is just, no pronunciation. I just blacked out. <laughs> so Kendall is a IIN health coach. She's a former spin instructor. She's a current workplace ergonomic enthusiast. And we talk about about a million different topics during this conversation. Yeah, it gets a little exciting. Yeah. She's got so much good stuff to say about burnout, about balance, about hormones, about conspiracies. I mean, we really hit the gamut (laughs) in terms of topics, but we do want to um, give you guys a quick disclaimer that we had some tech issues in this episode. So if it sounds a little choppy at times, just persevere, bear with us because there's some good meat on these bones. I'm so happy you said that. (laughs) She wrote it and I was like, keep it, say it, do it. (laughs) Enjoy everybody. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? one <laughs> and I'm just a pretty face <laughs> <laughs> so stupid um, funny. anyway you, you can hear us okay yeah you guys sound great cool Yay. so today we have Kendall Zopa is that how you pronounce your last name it's actually the proper way to pronounce it I say Zappa but I like when people say Zopa because if that's the right way because you're Italian right <laughs> Because I'm Italian. Zopa. Right. Yeah. That's why I thought it was Zopa because I figured, okay, well, she's Italian, so that's got to be right. But I never correct anybody. I'm just like, yep, that's it. That's you can I literally am. just use a different last name for each mood. Yeah. No, pretty much. It depends on how like continental or intercontinental or worldly I'm trying to be. Right. I'm not continental at all. Like I'm in Italy, I'm like, like, yeah, I'm not correcting them and telling them it's Zopa because they'll look at me like, you know. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. They'll be like, no, no, you stupid American. Like, that's not how you say your last name. So you are an IIN health coach. Yes. Holistic health coach. Um, You're a former SoulCycle instructor. Yes. And you're a current employee of HumanScale. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. We could bleep it out if not. Um, Which is a company that sells... You're, I mean, human scale was at like the forefront of ergonomic workplace furniture. So you do sales yes. for them and you're yes, like certified well. literally in ergonomic stuff, right? Um, I feel like I have a healthy understanding and working knowledge of ergonomics, but we have a team of ergonomists um, that are m- much more uh, qualified and better versed than like um, certified and they've gone to school and, you know, they have backgrounds in occupational therapy and uh, degrees in ergonomics. So, you know, they have a much deeper understanding of it. I just know enough to kind of be able to speak to it and be able to like implement it in my own life. Um, but I always like to toss it over to them because they're the ones that, you know, did all the hard work. That's nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) I like to take credit for other people's knowledge. Um, So Kendall and I met basically on Instagram. Yeah, Um, I love an Insta friend. Me too. Yeah, like basically on Instagram, but like it was 
kind of fortunate like for me because I was like fangirling over you and then you throw events. Yeah. And so you had a wellness event and I was like, I'm fucking going to this. I dragged my friend Jen with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and Shout then <laughs> we had, Hey Jen, um, we had like such a good time and it was so wonderful. And you're like even cooler in person than you are on the social media. So, uh, so are you, I mean, you're um, really cool on social media. That doesn't say so. much because I'm not that cool on social no, media. No, you really are. <laughs> So, um, so since you do all of the things, it's sort of hard to figure out where to start, but I do want you to take us back and like, tell us about like your childhood and your parents and your adolescence and like the things that brought you to the wellness space. Yeah. So do you have like 36 hours <laughs> to talk about? No, um, can, I will do the cliff notes. I will do the cliff notes version. So I am an only child. Um, my parents, uh, got divorced when I was four. Um, and they lived like two towns over from one another. So I, I had co-parenting before co-parenting was like a trending topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think it, it was great being an only child with, um, parents that were divorced that I split my time with equally because basically I was a center of attention all the time, which, you know, down the line may have posed a problem, <laughs> maybe <laughs> why the way I am now. Um, but it was great. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Park Ridge primarily. I went to elementary school in Park Ridge. I went to, um, Our Lady of Mercy, which now is like an academy. This is all um, in New Jersey, by the way, because yes. we listeners in like Australia. Yes, this is New Jersey. Oh yes. This is very far from Australia. Um, <laughs> New Jersey, um, and even like nationally. Um, and then in college I went to Montclair state. So I am like Jersey through and through like, yeah, I, whew, you know, <laughs> uh, former semi-pro basketball player. And he was my basketball coach growing up. Wow. Um, I'm a huge Knicks fan, not so much anymore. You know, being a Knicks fan is like a, you a know, labor of a, love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I always had this idea that I was going to go into sports, um, and marketing was the creative side fulfilling my gym requirement. Um, and a couple of the girls there told me that they were broadcasting majors and I was kind of taken aback cause I didn't know that was a thing. Um, right. I didn't know you could major in broadcasting. And I asked him, I said, you know, what are you, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? What do you what do you do as a broadcasting major? And they said, well, we want to be on TV. And I said, stop. Are you kidding me? You can major in that. You can major in trying to be on television. And they said, yeah, you know, we, we do TV production and, um, directing and script writing and all of this stuff. So I think I walked out of the dance class, walked next door to the broadcasting school and said, how do I, how do I get it? Like, how do, what do I have to do? Um, and we had to interview, we had to, um, submit, um, a big essay and it was this whole process. So I got in, I technically don't think I was supposed to get in. I don't think I had the GPA to even get in or even be like considered, but I've never lacked passion. So mm-hmm. what I can't get in my GPA, I make up for it and passion. So, um, <laughs> they were like, okay, yeah, I think this girl, um, would take this seriously. And I, got in and I thought I was going to do, um, sports broadcasting. Then this, the sports component was always consistent. I always wanted to work in sports. I, um, I some way, shape or form was going to get into that, into that arena, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then 
I got into it. I, I fell in love with the whole TV production side, directing and writing. It was really um, filling my creative bucket. Um, I did some on-air work. I was the first sports female sports caster for our student news program. Cool. I was the first female sports editor of our um, campus newspaper. Roll power. Um, yeah. So I was just, you know, trying to do the damn thing. And then I graduated. I had an internship the last, um, the last bit of college. And, um, and I kind of got to see the other side of the coin in sports. Um, being a woman in sports at that time was still, it wasn't common. And that wasn't that long ago. Right. Um, so I had an experience where I was able to go and um, work with actually Carl Towns. He's now like the number one basketball phenom. He plays for the Timberwolves. He got drafted, right? Uh, I think he played one year at Kentucky. Um, and I worked with him when he was class president and he was six, 15 years old. He was like six, six at 15. And he interviewed oh Kevin Durant. And I like worked kind of producing that. And I was in the locker rooms and everything. And I kind of saw how this whole thing worked. And the locker room is interesting. It's not, um, it's, Penis. it's very invasive for, Are there for penises athletes. in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're actually very respectful. I have to say the athletes are, you know, being, a, I didn't feel uncomfortable being a young woman, especially I was, you know, 20. Um, I never felt uncomfortable, but I almost felt bad for them. I felt like they just got done playing a game and here we all are like waiting around to get all up in their business. Right. Mm-hmm. And something well, about it was just like, yeah. The penis like, business. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I picture like just lots of penises in a lot of Just them walking around. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Swanging Anything around. Because that would have been, a, I, you know, I was mildly prepared for that, but I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, they are very respectful, which was lovely, but I just felt bad. I felt bad that I was invading their space. Right. Um, and I equate it to kind of seeing Mickey Mouse without his hat on or his ears on. It's like you, you realize it's like not you know, what it's all cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting experience. And then from that, I kind of realized, okay, maybe I just want to be a fan. Maybe I don't necessarily want to work in this, in this area. And then um, I kind of shifted gears to more of, uh, I like the lifestyle component. And that's what kind of got me away from sports and watching SportsCenter every waking hour to <laughs> figuring out what else I love. Um, and then uh, from that internship, like every other recent college grad, you're out looking for jobs, you're applying into the, to the black hole of doom, <laughs> you know, when you could just send your resume to everywhere and nobody even looks twice at you. Um, so that was pretty discouraging after college. And that's how I wound up in, um, contract office furniture. I actually kind of fell in love with it. I love Hold on it. one second. Reverse back to how you got into contract office furniture. We're having some technological issues. Oh, okay. yeah, it just froze okay. on you, so we just want to make sure we get this part. Okay, yeah. So there was, um, you know, in me trying to find a job in broadcasting, there was a, an opening that uh, a family friend had mentioned in contract office furniture sales, working for a manufacturer. Um, and I think I was 21 at the time. And... I said, okay, well, this is a paying job. I want to move into the city. Let's just do this. Um, And I started and then I um, kind of fell in love with it in a weird way. Like I really appreciated the design aspect that it got me into. The community is really creative. 
Um, office interiors are one of those things that nobody really thinks of, but they are really beautiful. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term fit for me because I really did want to pursue broadcasting. Um, so I stayed for a little while. I was there just over two years and I was living in the city at the time and, you know, living the life like every 21 year old spending way too much money, um, doing all we know the things. nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, oh my God, if I could only just go back and be like, please save 20% of all of you. Right. Don't take, like you were not at the place where you could take a cab everywhere. Like who right. are you? Um, so I eventually knew that I wanted to leave. So I moved back home to kind of give myself some uh, of a break on, on rent and everything. So I moved back actually to Hillsdale to the house that I live in now. Um, but at the time it was still my dad's. Mm-hmm. So I moved home. Um, a end of that year. So like 10 months later, I quit. I had absolutely no plan. Like any good 23 year old, 24 year old. Um, I'm just forever flying by the seat of my pants though. So it's not like anything's really shifted or changed in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I had to get out and I actually took a job at Lululemon. My friend was working at Lululemon. She said, why don't you just come do this for a little while? So that's how I actually got into health and wellness because Lululemon, I still to this day say it was one of my favorite jobs. Um, I was working there and they just like opened me up to this whole new world of, That's awesome. of health and wellness and working out and spirituality and meditation. That was the first time I had heard of Gabby Bernstein. Um, I later went to her spirit junkie masterclass weekend and became a certified meditation coach through her and like oh, wow. all these different <laughs> things kind of like, like came from Lululemon. Um, I was there not that long either. Um, in the interim, I got my real estate license. I went back into sales for like a hot second. Um, and then I found, um, spin. So through Lululemon, they do these things where they call it like community sweat. So you and your team go out into the community and you take classes. And my friend said, you know, you need to come and take this class. You would absolutely love this. Um, it's, fun. It's exciting. I was like, I've taken a spin class. I'm not going back. Like, right. I'm, please, I'm not doing that. My ass hurt for days. Mm-hmm. I hated the music. I, no, it's like not my cup of tea. Um, I went and took a class with Stacy Lauber who teaches at Lifetime and she is like my spin guru. Um, and she just flipped my whole world upside down because she got me dancing on a bike um, brought me back to music and moving my body in a way that I hadn't really felt in a really long time mm-hmm. um, and got me excited to work out. Um, so that was really fun. And then I realized I just quit my job. So I now I'm working retail. I'm not quite making the same amount of money. I can't be spending five days a week and spending, you know, 20 to $25 per class. Right. Um, and, and then also like buying clothes, even with a right. discount, it's like, I'm even just supporting the, Lululemon. I, was, I made no money. Very like, cyclical. Lululemon, <laughs> I paid Lululemon to let me be just hang out. There. Yeah. Just hang out. I, <laughs> there was, I was in the red the entire time. <laughs> I like, worked in retail great, and had that you know? problem too. And Issa's a spin it's instructor such, also. Are you? Oh, yeah. You get it. You get yeah. it. Oh my God. And you have to like, you want to like wear things that you feel good in and right. all the things. So, um, yeah. So I, I found a, 
a studio in the summer down in Manasquan called Tandem. And I was paying, li- I was literally spending five or six times a week. It was insane. Um, and she finally, the owner there said, why don't you just like get certified? You can teach here. I was like, get paid. <gasps> yeah. what, what? So I went and got certified. She, um, helped coach me and so did Stacy and yeah. And then that was it. And then I was teaching, I fell in love with it. It's still to this day, my favorite job I've ever had. Um, I don't close the door on it completely, but like this season of my life, it's like, you know, chapter closed. Um, but yeah, it was my, my most, most favorite. I feel like I'm the best version of myself when I am when I'm teaching a class. That's awesome. Um, it's like my highest, highest level of self. Um, and then fast forward, I worked at cycle bar, um, in Closter and Fort Lee for a year. And then from there I auditioned for soul cycle and soul cycle was kind of what, um, I always aspired to work for. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the style of the vibe. I loved everything about it. Um, and one day I just said, well, why don't I just audition? Like, I'm probably not going to get it. And then I did. And then I was like, oh, uh, well, um, <laughs> we're, doing we this. we're doing this. <laughs> so I went through the 10 week training program, which was, how was that? Oh my God. It was amazing. Uh, it was intense. Um, but just to be around seasoned veterans in the fitness world and to hear how they do things and how they think and their, um, their musicality and how they connect to people. It's so mm-hmm. relevant off the bike. Uh, I mean, I would say 90% of the training that we went through was just great life training. Wow. Um, the, the, the little bit that we, you know, have to involve the bike is kind of, you know, the cherry on top. Everything else has to be in place first. So I just learned so much. Um, and then they spit you out. They put you on the, on the schedule. And at that time, nearing the end of my time at cycle bar, I was starting to feel a little tired. I was, I was getting sick a lot. Um, I was, I got the flu really bad. I remember. And then going straight into, um, into soul cycle training, I was kind of starting in like a, in like a deficit. Um, and it was kind of the beginning of the end. And I think I knew that when I left cycle bar, I said, look, like, this could be just a short thing, but if it's, if it's, I know this is the end. And if this is the end, if soul cycle is the end of this chapter chapter, then that's fine. Right. Um, cause I kind of sensed that I was getting a little burnt out and tired. Um, and then I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, about four months into teaching, I started getting these massive migraines and, um, they would never go away. Um, they started every day at nine o'clock in the middle of my class and I felt great when I was teaching and then I'd come off and I would just be destroyed my head. I, I still to this day don't understand how you couldn't, how someone could be in so much pain and anybody that experiences migraines, I think can understand this, how you can be in so much pain and not die. Oh my God. Yeah, blows my I have fucking seizures. Okay. I get it. It's adrenaline. Yeah. It's adrenaline. Yeah. hundred percent. It is crazy that you can experience pain. I mean, labor, I would, I, I've not gone through that. So I imagine that's similar. Drugs are everything. Yeah. And like, it got to the point where then like Advil, Imitrex, et cetera, nothing was working. And I tried to avoid a lot of that and heal as naturally as possible, but this was no match for that. 
So I meant drugs for birth. What by was the, way. the time? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on one second. There, okay. All right. There we go. Sorry about that. Drugs for birth, not drugs for headaches. But once you started recognizing those symptoms, one, were you like in denial about it? Like some people or were you, so you pushed through it? I was convinced, my friend Noelle, she was telling me to, I was convinced it was the barometric pressure in the air because it was raining for a week. Oh my God. I was like, oh, that's 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 a new like. She's like, that's definitely what it is. And we were like, we both were like, yeah, that's, that's definitely what it is. That's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the air. It's gotta be the pressure in the air. That's amazing. Like I, denial, denial till the 26th day that I had it. Right. So because how that like fine balance too of like push through it and keep working, you know, like we're going to get through this. And then mm-hmm. also like, is this fucking me up? Is like healthy? What advice yeah. would you give yourself? Like once you started noticing the symptoms, um, look at the whole picture. So I think with the nutrition background, my mind immediately went to what am I eating? Right. And okay. So then I eliminated all the possible triggers. Um, and it didn't do anything. And I didn't look at sleep. I didn't look at and I known the importance of sleep, but technically I was getting sleep. But what I wasn't looking at was that your body needs to operate kind of on the same sleep cycle daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and this had happened back actually when I was in college too, I was cocktail waitressing. So mm-hmm. I was going into work at nine o'clock at night and getting off at five. Mm-hmm. And I wound up getting pneumonia for three weeks. So yeah. the same thing happened then. It's just, I didn't notice it in the same, I didn't know that that was the same trigger that was happening to me here. Um, because one morning, twice a week, I was teaching at 545. Other times I was teaching at eight or 930. I was teaching at nine o'clock, 8 p.m. at night. And then How driving. many classes a week were you teaching? Um, in the beginning, it was 15, 16, 17, sometimes with, with uh, subs. And then I had to start cutting it back. But then I think when I left, I was still teaching 12 to 13. Damn. Holy crap. In, in that, yeah. And so it was it's just like multiple classes a day. Are they like back to back or how do you, or are you like throughout um, the day? It, it was, I think towards the end, it was a 545 and then it would be um, a 10, uh, 545 and then a 1045. Um, and then it would be like an 8 PM the night before a four thirty in the city. Um, Oh, so you were just like hopping around to psych to studios too. Mm-hmm. And then driving like an hour, at least to every class was taking a toll, but yeah. I just wasn't, I wasn't going to bed and waking up nearly the same time. It would be, I'd go to bed at seven, eight, eight o'clock one night. Cause I knew I was always trying to shoot for eight hours. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the eight hours had to come at the same time every day. Right. So one night I'd go to bed at eight and wake up at four. The next night I'd go to bed at 10 and wake up at seven. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it was too much. So my body Circadian couldn't adjust. rhythm. Is that what that's called? Circadian mm-hmm. yep. rhythm? Yep. And that is important. But you know, what's really cool is that you like, you still go back to soul cycle. That's yes. what you still take classes. Mm-hmm. I still because it's my favorite start. thing to do ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do think it's like super admirable that as a teacher, you can still come back to something because you love it so much. You know, like you taught and like a lot of people I feel would be like, I can't go back there. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do that. But 
you were able to just be like, yeah, well, I'm not in a position where I'm here to teach now because it was, you know, affecting my life. And, Mm -hmm. but I still love it for like the feeling that it gives me because you still get that like rush and that Mm -hmm. high from totally, especially from an instructor that you really like. And you just feel uplifted. I went to a soul cycle in Boston Mm -hmm. and this guy, Ryan was teaching and I just happened to like luck out. It was like a 7 30 AM class. And I swear I could have cried when I left that class. Like he changed my life. And I was like, I love spinning. Cause I was like debating, like, do I stay in the classes that I, I don't teach soul? I teach at a YMCA. Okay. I'm like, do I stay in the class? Like I'm not, I wasn't like super passionate about it. Uh-huh. But then I was like, this had like totally revamped. He changed the way yeah, that we were able to teach. Too. Absolutely. Like just, I like took notes from him and I was like, that's how I want to make other people feel. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. And, but I just think it says so much that like you can come back and be like, I love feeling like this. So I'm going to come back and do it for me. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that I was missing that piece too. Cause I wasn't taking class. It wasn't like I had my own workout outlet. Mm-hmm. And, and I also, I, I was very intentional in the sense that I did not want to lose soul cycle as like a part that I love. Like I didn't want to get to the point where I resented it Mm -hmm. and hated it and Mm -hmm. never wanted to go, like you said, never wanted to go back. I would be devastated. So I, I think the, the migraines and all of that were kind of like, okay, get out now before it gets even worse. Right. It's amazing that you were able to listen to that point because I feel like a lot of people would have just taken like a couple weeks off and then gone back um, I think about that. Like, I'm like, should I have just taken a couple weeks off? Do you feel like it's made you kind of more aware of your physical and mental oh, self now? Totally. I mean, I still run myself down and I call it like burnout cycles because it's just like, how many oh, wow. times am I going to have to learn? <laughs> yeah. So funny. We're just talking about the, the definition of insanity. It's seriously. And <laughs> I mean, we're all doing it. And, you know, my story isn't unique in the sense that like people are overworked and overextended and and there's no white space in our lives anymore and I think now in like in the corporate setting it's different too because I don't this is unfamiliar burnout you know I've I've burnt I've even with this this job I've burnt myself out already doing something completely different and I'm like oh shit that's what burnout looks like in this in this area right we did a whole episode on burnout because it's, I think a lot of people hear burnout and they think physical, but there can also be like mental burnout and emotional burnout and, and different, it resonates differently in every single person. Like you had migraines. My burnout was like, I just couldn't get shit done. And I'm a person that gets shit done. Like if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to fucking do it. But I would just like show up to work and be like, not happening, you know? Um, but I don't want to get too sidetracked because I do want to talk about your health coaching Mm. and like where that came from. Like, obviously like you've been in wellness and fitness and sports and all of the things. So at what point were you like, I want to focus on nutrition? I, I did, I went through IIN. So that's the Institute of Integrative Nutrition when I was at Cycle Bar because I was getting a lot of clients and riders that would ask me questions about nutrition and health and all this. And I, I had a passion for it and I would like self-study and, you know, read as many books and listen to podcasts and do all that stuff as much as I could. But I really wanted to get a better understanding so I could speak confidently and not feel like I'm leading these people astray. 
Um, so I went through, it's a year long process, a, a year long, uh, study course. Um, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. I, I knew I wanted to coach. I wasn't sure if I wanted it to be in workshop form or one-on-one or, or whatnot, but, um, I, I just kept feeling this pull towards it and it was kind of like an itch I had to scratch. So I just, I went for it and I did it. And then I think in the interim and in my studying of IIN, I, I, and we've talked about this before, but I went off of birth control and I had this whole experience of what that was like and what that and how that affected my body. Mm -hmm. So then I was learning about it at the same time that I was actively going through it. And then on top of that, then soul cycle and the burnout that came from that, I learned, okay, so that was my hormones with birth control. These are my hormones in a different state, but they're all uh, connected somehow. Yeah. And I think going through that experience allowed me to dive deeper into a very particular area of health and wellness. Um, and I just kind of doubled down on hormones and women and women's health. And once I left Seoul, my coaching to like, you know, I was, I was seeing clients here and there, like on one-off things. But as soon as I left Soul Cycle, I had like all these clients and all these people saying, Oh my God, you know, can you help me? That's awesome. So it's, it's weird how that happened. Um, because I wasn't anticipating it. Yes. I did leave Soul without a plan again. So it was nice that I had this other supplemental business that I could do um, and help people kind of not repeat the same patterns or, you know, help, help them through it if they're in it. Mm -hmm. That's Um, a great segue because I want to talk specifically a lot about hormones. I know you could talk for days about hormones, (laughs) but I think, you know, where, where we are trying to approach wellness is from a very like simplified place. Yes. And I think that there's like either you're in the wellness world, right? And you're like aware of these things, like the toxicity of birth control and like how hormone imbalance can affect you like outside of just your period, right? But there's a humongous chunk of the population that has no fucking idea. So I'm personally right now trying to get off birth control. For me, it's a little bit more complicated than just quitting because I have other health issues that are, again, Mm -hmm. it's all tied together. Right. Um, And I don't want (laughs) to... fuck yourself up <laughs> basically yeah. I don't want to I don't want to fuck I don't want to fuck up anything um but it's it's a really complicated process and it's really scary so I would love um for you to talk us through some of the maybe surprising I'm not supposed to be doing what I just did <laughs> um I'd love for you to talk us through some of maybe the surprising side effects or symptoms that one might see if their hormones were imbalanced and also what birth control is doing to us internally. Yeah. So some of the side effects, if your hormones are imbalanced, kind of run the gamut. Um, your hormones, the way I can describe hormones is that it is like the, the system, the engine that runs the car. So your hormones have to be working properly so that everything else kind of functions. So at the core of everything, something was triggered and something was off through your hormones that then set off another, it's like a a domino effect. So symptoms could be um, uh, not sleeping, 
So if you're not sleeping, you're having trouble falling asleep, you're having trouble getting up. Um, if you are experiencing any sort of physical symptoms, migraines, um, acne, um, acne in places that, that it normally doesn't show up, um, digestive issues, um, brain fog, mm-hmm. uh, fatigue. And, fatigue. Yeah. Um, and we've, hear, we've heard, heard these symptoms and, and these things for everything. I mean, we hear them all the time. It's like, brain, it's like check, fatigue, check, uh, bloating, check. Um, but it's really, you know, even for all of those symptoms, you really have to look at your hormones. And it's, I think when people hear hormones, they get a little bit confused and they think testosterone and estrogen and that's it. Yeah. Um, we have so many different types of chemicals that make up our hormones. Um, you know, cortisol. So adrenal fatigue is, is what I consider what I was going through last year. And adrenal fatigue is when your cortisol level is so high for an extended period of time that your body is now not able to compensate any longer. So your our bodies are excellent at kind of fixing our bad habits um, and like rectifying all the bad shit that we do to it. You know, we detox on our own. We can, you know, regulate our sleep maybe the next night if we got like you know, loss of sleep, then our bodies are really picking up the slack a lot of the time. Yeah. When you run into problems is when you've been relying on your body to pick up the slack for so long that now it's failing. It's, mm. it's short, it's short circuiting somewhere. Yeah. Um, so with cortisol, so that is your fight or flight hormone. And that hormone is activated when your body is under your body or your mind is under a substantial amount of stress. Um, that could be physical stress, so working out all the time, or mental stress, or the combination of both. And when you have a lot of cortisol firing all day long to keep you running and happy and like functioning, you know, member of society, eventually things start to fail. So then you get yeah. the headaches. It manifests in, like you said, different ways, and and no two people have the same response to it. Um, and you know, and then we have, you know, the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and then, you know, testosterone. Um, and those to kind of tie into how, how toxic or what birth control is doing to us. Birth control is synthetically regulating your, not, I don't even want to say it regulating, synthetically altering your hormones. Um, and by a side effect of that, they prevent pregnancy. Great if that's what you're trying to do. However, I think where we've gone wrong in, in our society, at least, is that we've put so much emphasis on not getting pregnant that now we can't get pregnant. Right. Um, and we've put like the fear of God in people about pregnancy that, you know, now we have a generation of women that have been petrified of getting pregnant their whole life and then decide next month they want to get pregnant and can't figure out why they can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways to prevent pregnancy and there are other ways to um, like, like you mentioned that there were, you know, some people have endometriosis or PCOS or they're on the pill for their acne or they're on the pill for heavy bleeding or whatever the case may be. Um, All the pill is doing for those conditions is, Oh, Okay. This, okay there uh, this episode is re- going to require more editing than our normal episodes. But you were saying so that all the pill just masks the symptoms as opposed to getting to the root root of the issue. Okay. Yeah. So it is like putting um, a band aid 
on a compound fracture or compound bone break. And it's like, I'm just going to patch this up with a band-aid. Yeah. Like, yeah, it like kind of serves the purpose for like a little bit, but it's not solving it's the problem. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite there. Um, but instead of, you know, being educated on what the alternates could be and, and what other options there are, um, I think we've all just been handed a pack of pills and said, here, you know, this will solve it. And it oh does. My God, that's me. hundred percent. Yeah. And what's sad to me is that like, so I was diagnosed with endometriosis at like 22 or 23. Right. And, and it's, that's becoming a younger and younger thing. Right. So like mm-hmm. girls are getting on the pill younger and younger when you're not even at a point in your life where you can't, like you even think to make an educated decision. So I was like, okay, I'm 21, I'm 22, whatever the doctor's going to give me a pack of pills and it's going to be And then 10 years later, I'm like, what have I been doing for 10 years? We've been coming across that thought a lot mm-hmm. of like, you know, with medicine and just being like, oh, like I didn't even it's you know, you 30s. Just yeah, you just assume. The 30s are catching up with us. Right. That's yeah. what it is. But I think, I think it's like everybody's really waking up though. I think yeah. that's what's happening. I think there's a big awakening happening. I think social media is in part. Sorry. Oh, there we go. We've, had, so, we've never had this many issues before. So, so we're saying it has a lot to do with it. So, um, the awakening. Yeah. Yes. Social media. Sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Um, so yeah, so I think because we're so interconnected um, and we can get information and lots of it in different ways, I think is is helping or helping us just become a little bit more educated and aware and woke. And woke. yeah, and that's what we want to help perpetuate too. Is like because I see in a lot of you know my my close friends and family and whoever like, well, the doctor said this. Well, the doctor told me to get a flu shot, and I'm right. like. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. If the doctor told you to jump off a bridge, oh my God, I'm my mom. Would you do it? Right. You know what I right. mean? Like probably, but like what makes this doctor, like it's one, it's one way of thinking versus another. So, um, right. Or just to explore options and be open to exploring options. Like as making opposed an to educated decision. Educated. Yeah. Exactly. Educated and not feeling like you have to, um, hand over the reins of your life and, and, your body to somebody else that you are all knowing about your body. Yeah. You and you are can, like, your best. In. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think we've, we've transitioned that knowledge and, and power to another person. And yes, they're educated from a book and from experience. And, and yes, like they have knowledge that it goes beyond what we have, but it's not to, to discount anything that we feel or that we know about our bodies. Exactly. Um, because we should be the ones that know intuitively what's right. Right. And typically, I mean, not just with birth control, but uh, with a lot of medication, it, like you said, to your point, it's like, you know, just masking the symptoms. It's not healing the problem. So I actually left my gynecologist who was a dude after I told him repeatedly my, that having sex was super painful for me. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's just in your head, like several <gasps> times. So I was like, Peace Are you out. kidding me? Peace out. And the worst part is, and I'm not going to throw anyone specifically under the bus, but a handful of my friends still go to that same dude. And I'm like, he is a POS. Anyway. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Imagine. Crazy. Crazy. It's my all in your head. pressure just rose. Like, like I'm you know, certain it's not in my head. And guess what? I had a cyst that was making sex painful. Um, thanks to my lady, lady doctor. 
who actually yeah. has a vagina and, and knows, knows what the hell's going on. Absolutely. Um, so oh, shit, we were just a- talking about like social media too. So like, I think you were saying how like a lot of the wellness world and the awakening is coming from, you know, Instagram, Facebook, everything that's on the internet. And basically people also have to be mindful of like not getting incorrect information. Mm-hmm. You, know, yes. like, you know, that people are wild on there and they're like, eat this, do this, drink yeah. this. If you're feeling X, Y, uh-huh. and so guys explore your options, yeah. please. Well, I also yeah. really important to acknowledge the fact that like different things work for different people. That's yes. exactly that. Um, but and we do appreciate all of the information that you are putting out on social media. Yeah. Um, and try. We'll we'll talk about your handle, Kendall Marie Z, in the um at the outro, and we'll also link it in the show notes. But you do have some really good information that you put out there. But speaking on that, like, what's your biggest pet peeve in this space? I um again, I think it goes back to giving away your power. So I think. I find it and and I feel like a little piece of me just goes, Oh, like I just want to give someone a hug when they <laughs> feel that they have to count calories or count carbs or count anything or can only eat this between this window and this, um, and doing this. And they, it's almost become like a religion. Um, yeah, they live and die by it. Yeah. People subscribing. To, if you know how it operates in your body and you don't want to feel that way, then avoid it. Um, but I don't, I think my, that's my biggest pet peeve is, is putting hard lines around food. Food is social, food is fulfilling, um, sustaining, and it can, a shared meal, a good, good meal, um, with friends and family laughing around a table to me is more important, um, than making sure that there's kale and, you know, bland grilled chicken on the table. Like if you're, if you're around a table with your girlfriends having like the best pizza, Santa Gidio in Ridgewood, um, with a glass of wine. (laughs) Pizza in Ridgewood. Have you been to Brooklyn pizza? Brooklyn pizza's in Ridgewood too? Yeah. No way. Oh my God. Go real quick. Can you just just go over again? Like just the voice, like talking to you inside that says like, you know, yeah. Want like intuitively certain foods. Yeah. So your, your mind won't necessarily say, I want a chocolate chip cookie. You'll maybe interpret it as a chocolate chip cookie. If you're not, if you're not clear headed, mm-hmm. um, but really like if your you're body stressed. Is, yeah. Your, your stress body is saying it cookie. needs some more sugar, but sugar doesn't have to come in like, you know, downing some domino packets. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> so a piece point. of fruit or, you know, um, a piece of dark chocolate maybe might be a better option. Right. Um, so just, thinking, uh, you know, you're, if you're downing a pack of Cheetos with like a Mountain Dew and, you know, following up with like a Slim Jim. Okay. Ugh. Like I'm trying to run like <laughs> on like, on like Ferrari Lamborghini status at all times. Like I want like right. a clean, like I'm trying to like operate up here. Oh, like Cheetos fuel. and Slim Jims are really going to get me there. So mm. I just think of it that way. It's like whatever you're putting in is like how you value your body. Yeah. So if you're, if you're eating, you know, shit and, um, and just like garbage all the time, like you don't really have a lot of self-respect there. So then that's what you have to work on is yeah. the worth and the self-worth and the self-respect. Um, and then when you get that, then you don't want those things. Cause you're like, ah, we don't eat that. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't put garbage like that in our body. 
not up in this Lamborghini, like, you know? <laughs> so I think, but it does take work to get to that voice and to get to that clear headed spot. But to just tie it all together with like a nice bow, you can't get there. Sound mind and, and heart and body when you are introducing things that are altering your chemical state. So be it birth control or any other kind of medication will not allow you to tap into your intuitive genius zone. So I think that that is probably the most important thing is to realize like if you do want to get super clear about these things that you have to really figure out what you're adding in that might be like blocking your right. mindset or blocking views or blocking a thought pattern. Because yeah. I'll tell you that the day I went off of birth control, I think it was like two days later. And I tell this to everybody. It's like having sunglasses, like, you know, like the $20 sunglasses. And then you put a pair of polarized sunglasses on and you were like, how did I yeah. ever see before? Right. <laughs> That's the only thing I can equate it to. And I've, I've now coached five women off of birth control and every single one of them have said, I didn't get what you were saying about that whole like polarized sunglasses thing, but now I get it. And I'm like, wow. oh, okay, good. I'm glad you saw it too. Um, wow. That's so interesting. And also like really inspiring for me personally, like where I'm at in my journey. So yeah. thank you. Cause I needed that. I go, I like, I do get worried about like, you know, weight gain or like my skin being fucked up or like, you know, or even like my emotions being all over the place, you know, like right. I think that that's a worry because I've just been on autopilot for so long. Um, but again, like Issa and I have been talking about another trend is like to lean into that fear as opposed to like fighting it and being compliant. Right. I don't know what the fuck Honestly, is going on. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you are. Sorry. Listen. No, don't worry about it. We owe you a Lamborghini after this because <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. No, um, don't worry about it at all. So your events, I mean, you've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Come yes. back. I know. It's so funny. So I'm in like the tentatively, it should, there should be one for the first week of August. Fingers crossed if I can get all the ducks in a row and everything all set oh. up. If but you I need us to help with anything. So much. Yeah, no, definitely. I need all the help I can get. We'll help you and we'll be there. I love babes. I love business and I love bubbly. So I feel right. like <laughs> that's my alley. Bubbly is her, is her fuel of choice. It is. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> like seriously, it's like probably my three favorite things too. So um, yeah, I hope that we have one in not July, but, but definitely August because um, it's something that I, I miss tremendously um, just like the sense of community and getting you know, women all together just to like swap war stories and like talk shop and stuff. Is, I've met, is, I uh, only went to one of your events and I met, oh no, I went to two, but I met so many people. Like yeah, I so many amazing. Of it. Yeah. Everyone's and done. every time I like an hour before it starts, I'm like, nobody's going to show up every single time. <laughs> I'm like, nobody's coming. They've bought all the tickets. It's sold out, but nobody's coming. Right. Like, it's just, it's so funny. So I'm always, yeah, they're just burning amazed. their tickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just going to pay me and like not come. And it's crazy, but they always come. And, um, I'm just amazed at how, um, kind and welcoming and open everyone is and willing to, you know, give each other hugs. Like everybody's always hugging and like, Oh, it just oh. makes my heart explode. What I noticed is like, I've gotten older too. Like I have not been to any of these, like any events at all. 
right? But we'll give you extra bubbly if you come. <laughs> I'm I'll sold. just drag her by her ponytail <laughs> That's there true too. <laughs> but like, I I enjoy as I've gotten older that like women's tend to be more supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like very much like it's a, less competition yeah, and more community. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that. And I do see like, even in the pictures, like stalking your Instagram, you know, like how everybody's just so attentive and you can see that it's very loving mm-hmm. and very communal there. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a good one, hopefully, this next one. I mean, they're always good. Hopefully, we'll be there. hopefully everyone shows up. <laughs> we'll do all the things. Everyone's going to show up because everybody loves you. Uh, let's talk super quick about Beauty Counter. Okay. I mean, literally, is there anything that you don't fucking do? You know, I think about this all the time. And sometimes <laughs> there have been moments in my life where I, I eliminate a lot of things. And then I just get really bored. Like, really bored. Like, yeah. I have just always been somebody that has to be doing a million things at once that's just how my brain works I'm scatterbrained like by default so like my brains have to scatter somewhere or else it's just you know (laughs) I mean I tend to overdo it sometimes and then I gotta reel it back in but I just yeah I just like doing anything that calls my soul and um beauty counter was one of those things that called me like loud um I was introduced to them actually from someone that I met at one of my events, Kristen Brady. She is amazing. And, um, she was like, you need to know about this company. Um, and she introduced me to the products. It was using the products. And I just, I didn't even really know too much about the brand. I was just like, this shit works. Like I had acne all over my face because of teaching and sweating and gross Mm -hmm. and, you know, adrenal fatigue and just like, you know, fucking my shit up left and right. (laughs) Somehow it like, you know, made my face clear up and I was like, well, if my face clears up, then maybe I'm not as, you know, your face can clear up, but your, you know, your shit can still be all whack on the inside. So I had to, there there wasn't a product for that. Um, (laughs) But I was like, I was hooked. I was so um, sold on all of it. And then she presented, she said, look, she's like, I know you do all the things. She's like, I think you really need to take a look at this business model. I think you of all people would really appreciate what's going on here. And I dove a little deeper into the business. I um, learned about Greg Renfrew, who is the CEO. Um, I actually thought she was a dude for a really long I time. I just did when you said the name. Same. All uh, right. There we go. Okay. So, so Greg is not so a dude. Greg, Greg is not a dude. She is one badass boss. Um, she um, started this company after a friend of hers uh, was diagnosed with cancer and they were doing more research. And she realized that a lot of this, the products that we're putting on our bodies are filled with these ingredients that are potentially carcinogenic. Um, Johnson and Johnson. I mean, all, all the above. Um, so much so that the European union bans 1400 chemicals from entering any of their personal hygiene products. Whoa. And we ban 30. Yeah. I think it's like up to 33 now. And 60% of what we put on our skin is absorbed directly. Is absorbed. So we got this whole like nation that's concerned about organic food. And like we got away from, you know, ever. Hold on. So we, I'm sorry. We got away from organic food. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So we got, we got away from preservatives and, you know, thought thought twice. Maybe it's me guys. I only have three bars. Oh, there we go. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. I'm sorry. I know. No, don't worry about it. Actually, we owe Isa for having to edit this shit afterwards. I know. I'm really sorry how many times you're going to hear me say, 
Can you hear me? Nope, <laughs> no, we can't, we can't even hear you when you say, can you hear me? And I guess oh. you can't hear us when we say, wait a second. No. <laughs> um, at least okay. we have a lot of my I'm sorry's on so, here. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, U.S. Yeah. got away from preservatives and more on this organic food movement. And now we're from all that. Okay, oh. there we go. Okay. We're, we're almost done anyway. So okay. let's just. I'm going to hold it right here hopefully it doesn't move you know maybe it's like the illuminati like telling me that like i can't really talk about this stuff because maybe yeah. it really i'm i'm i love a conspiracy like i, I live for a fucking conspiracy. me too me too maybe we one day we can talk about, about hormones before and infertility it was all i could do not to be like handmaid's tale is happening it's uh it is it's here it is, here. is real <laughs> um okay so beauty counter so okay so ingredients the, the product so yeah so I never thought twice about what I was putting on my body, but I was super critical of like the food I was putting in. Right. Um, and then I went on this kick where I wanted everything to be natural and organic because um, I thought that was the better move. Um, and then Kristen kind of schooled me, learned me up a bit on all of that. And <laughs> she said, she was like, look, she's like, lead is organic. I'm like, right. you don't want to be putting lead on your body. And I'm learning so much. Yeah. I'm like in shock right now. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that's what it's all, it's all about. But yeah, so I was, I thought I was doing the right thing by, you know, going all natural and organic and arsenic and lead. And I mean, water is organic. So yeah, so that's great. But mm-hmm. um, what Beauty Counter does is they created their own regulation system. They eliminate right off the bat, 1,500 potentially harmful ingredients from all of their products. Um, their sustainability mission is is something that is just near and dear to my heart and something I'm super passionate about. Um, and they are really trying to change the game in every way, via products, via manufacturing, via yeah. packaging, I mean, everything. So when she told me, you know, you can get involved and, you know, this is, you can start this as a, a, as a business. Um, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. You don't have to tell me anymore. Like, where do I sign? Um, and I feel like it's, I think since I've been paying attention to it, but even in the last like nine months since I've joined, I just feel like they have been on this uptick that is insane. Like it's about to explode. And I'm just so fortunate that I get to be in it every day and a little piece of my world gets to contribute to the overall goal. Um, and that's the stuff that just lights a fire under my ass. Right. So I am obsessed. Yeah. That's amazing. What's one product you'd recommend from beauty counter? Um, I would say this is always hard, but I would say the overnight resurface peel. Oh, I love um, that product. Yeah. I've used it. So I leave it on overnight. I really, I think you probably skin. recommended it to me. I'd buy anything you told me to. So <laughs> I'll just Guinea pig it all, like, you know, just let me try it out and, and I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, that would probably be if you had to go like one thing overnight resurfacing peel, you can sleep with it on. I have sensitive skin and it's not irritating at all. Um, but it just does a really great job of exfoliating like the dead layer of skin and um, I have some acne scars from when, you know, I was breaking out crazy and it's lightened them. Oh my God, like nobody's business. So they're kind of almost all gone. Um, the skin tone, my skin texture is just better. Your skin looks great. Yeah. In the video. Thanks. Yeah. Gorgeous. You know, just, I got some good products. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to, I just want to quickly add in 
my own little agenda is like going off of products that have ingredients that are banned basically everywhere else, but not regulated Mm -hmm. here. Fucking tampons. Yeah. Fucking tampons. She makes fun of me. Our friend Kayla makes fun of me. I don't make fun of you. Because I was really excited to get my period because I've been Uh having problems getting it. And I'm like, and I have my organic cotton tampons. And she's like, of course you do. But your vagina is your most absorbent part of your entire Uh body. And that's why high schoolers are using them put vodka up there have you heard that to get drunk stop i I don't yeah don't even the youth (laughs) of of america today is so fucked up i mean now that's like a whole nother episode but like a friend of mine's nephew got um suspended for snorting smarties i can't what goal in mind i don't know what the goal is but one of the uh what one of the um What's the word I'm looking for? Like to get smarter. Repercussions. Oh, I like Maybe. what you did there. Maybe. That's got to be it. <laughs> One of the repercussions is is because Smarties are not like so finely ground, like you just, you know, whatever. Yeah. They can cause, you know, cuts up in your nose and then result in, ready for this, nose maggots. <gasps> I'm talking maggots in your nose. But <laughs> back to the vagina FDA does not regulate the ingredients that go in your tampons. So they can add fragrance. They can add preservatives. They can add all of the things. They're just trying to fuck us up one way or the other. Literally. Give us a pill or just load our shit that we use all day long with garbage. That just, I just wanted to say that because I felt like it fit in with the realm of like what you put on your body and what you put in your body and like how just like yeah. be aware guys. Like if you want to put chemicals in your bagu, <laughs> then do it. But you could I don't also know why you'd go, want to. Um, so I forget how, I mean, maybe a year ago now I went completely away from tampons. Um, you did and I used it. Yeah, I use the menstrual menstrual cup. Yes, I and can't I wait it. to use the cup. Yeah, I just don't have can. enough of a period yet to do it. No, you can just shove it up there and let Practice? it collect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like literally. It's like I get my period for a day right now, and that's oh. very exciting. I need to like, I'm like celebrating. The, re- the cup is reusable, right? Yeah, yeah. Of the cup is reusable. It's like, it's like um, medical grade silicone or something. Yeah, like so. There's nothing like bleed like not no pun intended but like bleeding out of the product into your body right. like silicone is antimicrobial so it's better for your body and better for the environment yeah i'm all you about get really comfortable with yourself that's the other thing too i think our generation of women again we were just taught to like fear our bodies like yeah. they're just not comfortable enough with themselves so i mean you get really um you get really up in there but you know yeah well that's also have, a really so good point for me, it's like being comfortable with our bodies. I just started watching Frankie and Grace. Grace oh, and Frankie. Grace show. and Frankie. Oh my God. So it's, good. I just started season three, but at the end of season two, this isn't like a huge plot line. So I'm not going to give it away if you haven't seen it, but you find out that Grace is like 70 something. First of all, Jane Fonda is fucking goals. Oh, I've probably said that 10 times amazing. on this podcast. Like I'm obsessed with her, but you find out that she's like never used a vibrator, never masturbated, like has like, yes, just, yes, yes. And yes, I'm yes. like, you know what? That's probably a thing that's more common than not. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you teach you teach girls from eleven years old that their bodies are are broke, and you know yeah. you shouldn't. You should be, you know, ooh, like your period, and there's this whole shame around what naturally happens and right. pregnancy and the fear of and all this stuff is just 
it's just embedded in our, in our, in our DNA at some point. So it's a lot of undoing. We have a lot of work undoing to get back to kind of what we know intrinsically to be true as being a female. On a weird sidebar, I saw a t-shirt that said, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. And I thought that that was Oh, I mean like that shirt. Right. All the time. I'm like, we bleed. So you're saying we bleed for what? Five days for, yeah. For like a week and we still can like get shit done. Yeah. Um, So bring it, bring it back full circle. What does a day in your life look like now? Like specifically morning routines. I know you have a lovely commute, which I am. Take us through a day. So now um, I wake up around 515, 530. Mm-hmm. 515 is when I should get up. Um, I get up and then I, I have a big hydro flask. So I fill that with water the night before I drink a full liter of that probably within the first 15 minutes of waking up. Um, I wash my face. I'm a night shower. So I shower the night before I wake up. So I just like wash my face. Me too. I put some makeup on. Um, The summer is so much easier to get ready because I feel like there's just like, like my hair looking like this is like a little bit more acceptable in the summer than it is in the winter. And like, less makeup and all the things like less clothes like you know yeah just fresh it's just fresh so uh then I get ready I um get dressed and I leave the house um probably around like 6 20. Wow um and I drive to the bus stop the parking ride and then I get on an express bus right to Port Authority um and that's when I get my meditation in so I do it on the bus because at home I just feel like it's so early and, you know, my fiance is still sleeping and I don't want to do anything that's like really going to wake him up. So I try to do as minimal as possible in the mornings when I'm home. Um, so I meditate on the bus for usually around 10, 15 minutes. And then I'll try to catch up. I try not to go on Instagram on the bus ride in. I'll try to read or do something like productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get into the office around 730 um that is will, so fucking early it's early I know I never thought I would be a person that got into an office at 7 30 ever is when I have your meetings, personal choice or is that like the company policy so like the company policy is like at 8 to 5 30 um we have meetings on Mondays and Tuesdays at 8 30 and just like with the bus schedule like yeah. that's, that's the best you gotta give to yourself a buffer yeah early. yeah so the, later in the week like if I have a, a morning coffee meeting or a you know, another morning meeting. Um, I'll usually schedule them for like nine o'clock, but to be honest, it's still, it's actually more of a pain in the ass to get in for that because there's more traffic and there's like, I have to take the train and it's three trains. So the bus is actually not the worst option. Um, and then I get in, I check LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn person now. I never was before. Um, I love LinkedIn. So I'll read some articles, like try to like catch up and like see what's like going on in the world within reason. I'm not a news person. I I'm not kidding when I say like, I avoid the news like the plague. Um, I really try to edit what I see every day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll read some articles on LinkedIn, like regarding workspaces and interior design and real estate deals that are happening. And then we have a meeting usually at eight 30 for like an hour. Um, and I like it's a sales or project meeting or whatever, or training that we're doing. Um, that's when I'll probably like make my coffee, um, or mm. grab a coffee out. Um, 
I'm trying to be really good about using a reusable cup now because now that I'm buying my coffee out, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going through paper cups like mm-hmm. nobody's business. I carry around my straws. So for my iced coffee, I got a straw, but I'm trying to be really good at like carrying my Yeti or, oh no. There we are. Yeah, so you're okay, there we are. being mindful of carrying your Yeti. Yeah. My, yeah, my Yeti. And some places will give you a, um, a little discount if you bring your own um, cup. I'm telling you, anytime I talk about something that's like, like counter to anything, it freezes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting a little paranoid here. <laughs> Not that bringing your own cup is like really like, you know, stir the pot, but um, yeah. So I'll have some coffee. I don't eat breakfast. Um, or I, I don't want to say I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat until like 11, 1130, 12 o'clock. Sometimes I, I eat when I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think people miss is they don't, they eat because of the time. They don't eat because of the need. Right. Um, so just eat when you're hungry. Um, right. And so I'll eat probably like a, a sweet green salad if I didn't bring my own lunch. Um, something green. I try to get my greens in during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days I'll have meat. There we go. I feel like it literally, did you say some, some days so I have meat? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like I go like a week without eating meat and I don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Just listen. Yeah. See if like your body needs it. And if it does, then it does great. If not, you know, we could all stand to eat a lot less meat. Right. Um, but I'm definitely a person that in this chapter of my life that needs meat. Um, I've, I've done, I've like, tried it once before without it and I just don't feel great. Yeah. Same. Um, so again, just what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. Um, and then in the afternoon, I usually have like maybe one or two more meetings. So my job with business development is a lot of client facing and getting out and meeting with project managers and brokers to um, kind of leverage business and see how we can help them and how, um, you know, whatever workplaces that they're building out, you know, if they have an ergonomic program, if they're emphasis on workplace wellness. So a lot of that happens in the afternoon. Then if I don't have an event, I get on the bus, uh, usually around 4.35, um, cause it takes me an hour and a half to get home. So I'll finish anything up, um, that I need to on, um, okay. Sometimes if I <laughs> can't tell if I'm frozen or not, um, I'll finish <laughs> up any work on the bus and then I get home and try to cook. Cooking at night when you're commuting is probably like Such the hardest thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Such a bitch. My, my fiance will, will start cooking a lot, which is great. He loves to cook and he's a great cook. Um, but I miss cooking. Like mm. I miss being that person. So right. I'll cook. We'll have, um, usually like chicken or steak or, or some type of, of protein and, um, lots of colorful veggies. Uh, and then I will probably finish it off with like a half a pint of ice cream. <laughs> yes. Balance. <laughs> just balance. Cool house ice cream is my favorite ice cream. I just think, talk about like babes supporting babes or these awesome girls that started this amazing company. Um, and their ice cream is just out of this world. Do they have dairy free ice cream? They do have dairy free ice cream. And it's, it it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah, I think, um, 
my days are a little more like Groundhog Day now because I, mm-hmm. I am on like a similar schedule. Whereas before, I mean, my days were just so haphazard. But to your um, point before, that might be better for your yeah. internal mental structure. I, I feel great. Um, right. you know, there's days and there's weeks where I feel like I'm doing a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more mental burnout than it is physical burnout. Like physically, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel phenomenal. I was just telling my friend this. I'm like, some days I don't even eat really great and mm-hmm. I still feel good, but it's because I'm really trying to prioritize sleep, right. water, and just like getting my vegetables in. Like it seems so simple, but like getting vegetables in when I can. Mm-hmm. And, um, and eating for like what I'm doing, you know, I'm not working out like I used to. Right. Um, my activity level is much lower. Like I walk a lot, um, which is wonderful, but I'm not teaching 12, 15, 17 spin classes. So my, my diet is very different. I don't need all the carbs. I don't need a tremendous amount of food every day. I need to eat to sustain myself and, and be mentally there. Right. That's another conversation that we've been having recently is like, I keep saying like, I want to scale back. We, we are used to working out like really intensely. And I keep saying like, I want to scale back my workouts because I'm pretty sure that because of all of the high intensity workouts, my body is producing more leptin and making me hungrier and eat more than I actually need to be eating. Yes. So I'm like, Oh, I got into Pilates tomorrow morning. Bye-bye orange theory. You know, like I'm I'm definitely like prioritizing prioritizing more like low impact workouts because especially when you have your period there yeah. there's no room for even any workout when you have your period yeah so what's a resource you would recommend um hormone related um the book um i tell everyone that i work with to read while we're going through it together um is woman code by <gasps> i was hoping you're gonna say that alisa vitti she I love that book. is um She's intense. She's a certified holistic health coach. Her protocols for eating are very specific. I don't, don't get hung up on that if you're reading it and don't say like, oh my God, I'm never going to eat any of this again. That's, that's for a short period of time if you're having very extreme symptoms and you need to heal. Like you need to give your body that break to do that. And then you can, you know, introduce right. and do whatever. Right. But just from a women's health just like from a knowledge Class, perspective. Yeah. Like the yeah. shit that we should have been taught in fifth grade is basically her book. So. I do seed cycling. Now, okay, yeah. as I'm yeah. trying to get my shit together. But that was one of those things where I realized like, I actually do need to sync my activities according to my cycle. I like, never thought yeah. that. Yeah. And if honestly, now that I'm thinking of birth control, I'm like, I'm very emotional, like wildly emotional where yeah. you can, like I'll read Instagram posts and cry. Yeah. <laughs> Not cry like oh, one tear, like sob. Like sob. It, it's really bad. <laughs> so I'm just trying to like be mindful. But now I'm like thinking about the hormones and like, because my birth control pack just switched. But you also are on birth control so because you don't want to get pregnant. Wait, yeah. it froze. Well, I'm, a, I'm on birth control because I don't want to get knocked up anytime soon. Yeah. I live in a so one there's only four days a month. And I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's only four days a month that you can actually get pregnant. Right. Um, That's true. And so abstaining for four days a month in exchange for getting your mind back is worth it. You have to be, that's the thing. Like people I think are lazy and they don't want to track their cycle and they don't don't want to figure out. I mean, in the beginning. Yeah. But once you get familiar with it, you know, when you're ovulating, it's like very obvious. Really? Yeah. 
It's so obvious. Like your discharge changes, your mood changes. I wouldn't even necessarily say that I'm lazy. I would just say that I have no, like, I wouldn't know where to begin. There's literally apps that do it for you. And you just like, I like Kendara and you can plug in your symptoms. Are we frozen again? Mm-hmm. Oh, I lost that last part. I was part. just saying I like the app Kendara because it asks you it asks you a bunch of questions around like your mood and like like discharge and mm-hmm. like other things, and then it basically does all the work for you. Wow. Um, yeah. But there's a ton of different ways. You should totally read the Women Code because it's yeah. eye opening. It will blow your mind. Um, That's awesome. There's but, another book called um, A Mind of Your Own by Kelly Brogan. Oh, I've heard of that before. I haven't read it though. Yeah. She's like my, um, hero. (laughs) She's just awesome. She's a turncoat psychiatrist. She, um, put her Hashimoto's into remission and she just has like a wealth of really clinical knowledge. That's really good. Where Alyssa is more like practical information. Mm -hmm. Kelly's is a lot more clinical. So it depends on like what you resonate with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're really good resources to basically, and the both of you, like, your health, you're, you're conscious of what you're eating and you're conscious of like health and wellness that like when you started the pill. Okay. So for Abby, for you, like you started it when you had endometriosis, you probably weren't eating right. And you probably weren't, 100%. you know, it, it, your mind wasn't right. You probably weren't working out, you know, so your, no, your situation has changed, yeah. right. Yeah. Your situation has changed now. So you've probably healed your endometriosis and not known it totally. because you've already taken all of the steps wow. to heal it. Yeah. So if you went off cold turkey, I, I can say it with, with almost a hundred percent certainty that you would not explain for us. Yeah. So you were saying if she went off at cold turkey. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. If I went off cold turkey, my, my concern is less about the, um, cysts coming back and the bad periods and the cramps and more about, um, my epilepsy is also very much affected by hormonal changes. Mm-hmm. So my doctor suggested me getting regular on the pill mm-hmm. before getting off the pill because I was taking it all the time, never getting a period. Oh, okay. See? Um. So anyway, but yes, I totally agree uh, about that. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it was a totally, I don't even know that girl. You know what I mean? Like I don't even right. know that girl anymore. Um, so I, Issa wants to know about Lucy. Oh, I stalked your Instagram and I'm like, look at this baby. She is a baby. She's a cutie. She drives me nuts sometimes, but she is (laughs) very cute. So she gets away with a lot. Lucy is Kendall's, um, is she a mini Aussie? Mini Australian shepherd. Yeah. She's really freaking cute. How long have you had her? so much energy. Um, two and a half years. Nice. And you have chickens. And we have six chickens. I'm going to hit up your house for some fresh eggs. Please, I mean, like these ladies better start laying some eggs and like you know paying their rent because they're about that age where they need to start doing that and they're not. Um, so they're almost there. Uh, How do you know they're when you all get on the chicks? Pill? Do you can you tell if a chick is a boy or a girl? So you buy them as females if you want chick. Right. I need to know about these female chickens. Oh, there we go. I didn't know that. So if, you have if, to buy them as female? Yeah, because otherwise you get a rooster and then you're, all your neighbors hate you. Yeah, and so we don't eggs. have any roosters. Or, and all the eggs. eggs? Are, I thought they were like... You, so hens lay eggs all the time. And if there's yeah. a rooster to fertilize, then they'll lay eggs that will hatch. Okay, but without that, it, they're it, just... Right? Just, Is that right? Yeah, they just, just lay eggs. Egg. Yeah, it's basically like periods. I had an egg situation yes. the other day because... 
I felt like the egg was extra heavy and it wasn't like a double yolk heavy. I'm not kidding. And I insisted that John, my boyfriend, crack it open because I didn't want to see like a baby egg in like a baby in there. Oh, yeah, you won't. Like they won't sell you. I mean, you could eat a fertilized egg. You wouldn't know the difference. But like in like hatcheries or I think that's what they call them, hatcheries, um, they don't have roosters. You know they what? I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure because it was, you got the eggs and they were like stop and shop brand. And I was like, this is significantly <laughs> this more is ghetto. Significant. Yeah. Significantly you know, like, ghetto. I'm like, this is not what I'm used to. Like, <laughs> egg so funny. this is not Egglin's best. First world problem. Yeah, um, so funny. <laughs> I'm super jealous of your chickens. I want chickens so bad. My husband <laughs> is like, I'm not free. fucking taking care of your goddamn. Get like two. Get like two. They're so easy to take care of. They're so low maintenance. Everyone. And they're funny. This is what people told me about a second dog and I got a second oh. dog and now I'm like, no, no. Whoever told you that about a second dog just like wants to see you like in agony. Like a second Apparently. dog is like, is like three children. No. Apparently. Two My chickens are was, like way easier. So easy and she just sleeps all day and I'm like, oh, this is cake. I can get another one. And I get Dexter and he's a full fledged maniac. He licks metal. He eats metal. Oh. He, we had to, we took him to the vet once. We took him to the vet once for something totally unrelated, and they did X-rays, and they're like, you know, your dog ate like three uh, staples, right? And I'm like, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. Um, oh my god! All right, so are you familiar with Vogue seventy three questions? No. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, now you have some homework. Go Google YouTube Vogue 73 questions. Basically, this guy oh, from Vogue visits yes. celebrities and just rapid fire questions. At yes. Them. So we like to do our own little version of this, but we only ask five questions. Okay. It's just like off the spur. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. So that's how we like to wrap okay. each episode. So we're going to rapid okay. fire five questions. So you. first question, what's your bucket list travel spot? Oh, um, oh, that's so good. I like, I meet this thing freezes. So I you, said Napa. Napa. <laughs> yeah, Napa. Because I've been to Italy. So I feel like that was already okay. off the list. Um, first celebrity crush. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. In Romeo and Juliet. So oh, cute. oh, my God. Are you Iconic. Iconic. <laughs> I <could> cry. <laughs> Most embarrassing fashion moment. Oh, um, those like Hollister jeans with that big like Hollister white belt. <laughs> and, like the woven yes. belt. Like the Laguna Beach. Like Did Laguna, you double yes. up on your polos though? And the double polo. Yeah. And then like Converse. Yeah. That, whole, that doesn't that surprise whole me about Laguna Beach, but like budget Laguna Beach. Like they always looked so cute. And like, I did not at all. If you were a food, what would, what food would you be and why? Pasta. Mm. Um, I'd probably be like specifically. spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. I always call myself ska- Sally Spaghetti. Would you be cooked so lengthy. Or, or uncooked cooked. spaghetti? Uh, cooked. Definitely cooked with like, uh, like, yeah. like A tangy sauce? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> like parmesan maybe? bolognese and par- yeah, tons of parm on top. <laughs> totally. And finally, our favorite question, what is your vibe? My vibe. Only good. <laughs> Um, oh yeah only good I love that that's awesome Yay. perfect only good I feel like that sums you up really well yeah good okay I was like if that's like a cop-out answer I don't know no, no I really it's enjoyed perfect because it. you're like the human version of sunshine in my eyes so, oh, that is um, so only good I think is perfect so Aww. tell everyone where they can find you learn more about your services all of the things you can find me on Instagram at Kendall Marie Z. 
Um, I've had Malignant people that think my last name is Mariez. Um, oh. Yeah. So like, I just like to specify it's Kendall Marie Z. Okay. <laughs> um, even though my last name is on the profile too, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then the same for my website, it's kendallmariezappa.com. Perfect. We'll put them Yay. both in the show notes. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank um, you, Kendall. Oh my God, this was so much fun. I mean, we could seriously talk like all day long. Mm-hmm.